Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the last three, four days, I mean, obviously, we had a big game and a big letdown Sunday night. But the last few days or so, you and I have been kind of commiserating about, man, we need a fat rumor. We need, like, you know something juicy to sink our teeth into. And today that was provided with guts, uh, gusto by Jordan Schultz in the form of Russell Wilson saying that there are four teams, Philadelphia, which we came out a couple weeks ago, the Broncos saints and oddly the giants don't, I mean, what the Sam Hill that he'd be willing to waive or is open to the idea of waiving his no trade clause uh, to, to get traded to your thoughts. Well, you know, you, you kind of, I understand it too, like poo-pooing the Giants, but like think about the offense they have. Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard. Uh, for now, they have Evan Ingram. They have some legitimate talent there. And also the marketing aspect. You know, he's married to Ciara, Ciara the singer. That's New York City compared to Denver or Chicago. That's a big selling point for a lot of free agents. So I can see why the Giants are on that list. But it's also... Pretty coincidental timing if you think about it, Chad, huh? You know, like, uh, he's floating a report, a rumor out there that he's willing to facilitate a trade to the three quarterbackiest, neediest teams in the NFL. And he's doing so as it comes to a point in the Seahawks season that it looks like they're not making the playoffs. I think it was a well-timed leak by someone in Wilson's camp, and it's obvious that he's out of Seattle now. I mean, he's not been playing this that highly uh, to his potential it seems right. like he uh, took a step back I don't know if it's father time or the injury or whatever but it, it doesn't look like the same Russell Wilson that being said though he's going to be playing somewhere else next year and this is the second time the Broncos have been rumored to be in the running form so where there's smoke there's fire usually I just don't understand how you let a fish like that get away listen up Broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Let's grab Max Power, who across the pond got his super chat in way early, long before we hit the old go live button. So thank you, Max. He says, I saw on Twitter that Doug Peterson and Russ Wilson have a good relationship. How do you guys feel about that pairing? I've told you guys before, if we're talking retreads, I think the Broncos could do much worse than Doug Peterson. And if you pair Doug with a bona fide quarterback like Russell Wilson, I think sky's the limit. I really do. I would I would not bat an eye at that. The thing I don't like, Zach, is this persistent rumor that it's almost like contingent. Russ can come to Russell will be open to coming to Denver if you hire Dan Quinn as head coach, which 
you know, you could probably sell me on it if it guaranteed the trade, depending on what the package would be and all that, right? Because we still got to reckon with the fact that it ain't going to be cheap to pry a 33-year-old Russell Wilson off Seattle's hands. But, you know, saddling that triumph of landing a Russell Wilson with Dan Quinn, you know, it kind of dampens for me the enthusiasm. Yeah, me too. And same thing for Doug Peterson and Russell Wilson, if only because – where is the upside? Where is the future? You can't prepare just for the here and now, as the Broncos have learned. You have to have a head coach in waiting or an up-and-coming play caller in waiting, franchise quarterback in, the, in waiting. Peterson and Wilson are both, in a sense, retreads, and they're veterans. Where is the you know the ceiling? You have a floor there. So I would see who they would hire as the OC under Doug Peterson. If it's an up-and-coming name, I can get on board with that. Would the Broncos still draft Wilson's understudy? I would get on board with that. But then how do you do that when you're surrounding first, second, third round draft picks? So it's one or the other. That's why, honestly, I might be in the minority, and maybe you agree or disagree with me, Chad. I would still prefer the Broncos save their money, save a majority of their draft capital, and go draft a quarterback and build them from the ground up. You know, I am amenable to the idea of the Broncos pursuing the possibility of either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson of the two. And it might sound sacrilegious. I'd be much more interested if it was a genuine thing for Russell Wilson wanting to come to Denver. I'd be more interested in Russ mainly because Zach, he's 33 compared to what's Rogers going to be next. He's 38 right now. So so he'll be in his age 39 season. Right. So for that fact alone, Russell Wilson to me would, rise above Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're talking about first world problems here or first world issues that you have to try and settle. But again, the cost to land either one of these guys is kind of on the, uh, I mean, it's, you got a a first round pick. You got a couple of twos this year. Probably at least two of those picks are gone. Maybe a first rounder next year, if not a first next year, a second next year. I mean, you're going to be spending some, some capital rod TV jumps in early with a super chat as well before we went live. Thank you, Rod. Thank you. says, uh, I would love to get Wilson, but given up a first and future first, I wouldn't love because we have a chance to get a big-time edge rusher in this draft. Two twos, a third, Fant, Reisner, that'd be good uh, to me. I mean, no way. yeah, but – You're not going to get Wilson without a first-round pick. Probably two. True. Two. Even, even Scott right now is going, yep. But here's the thing. Let not your heart be troubled, Rod, because this is a deep edge class. All right. There's a solid chance if you manage to hold on to one of your second round picks that you currently hold. Because remember, the Bronco, Broncos have two, one of which was gleaned from the Von Miller trade. Um, you can land one. You can land one of these edge rushers. Not all of them are going to go in the first round, although I guess there's a chance that, but it's pretty top heavy. And, you know, Eric Trickle, I think, published an article. If you go to milehighhuddle.com, click on draft on the menu, scroll down you'll see the the breakdown on the edge class and it's it's pretty deep this year so you could still probably get a guy now is it going to be a Chase Young caliber is it going to be a Von Miller caliber probably not in the second round but you never know round selection of where they're picked isn't as contingent Zach on whether or not they're going to be a success as it is for example quarterback I recognize completely the Broncos have a needed edge with Chubb's injury status and, you know, Malik Reed not really being a long-term answer. But let's not forget they still have Jonathan Cooper, who came on really strong this year. Baron Browning can play some OLB. I would maybe bring back Stephen Weatherly on a one, maybe two-year deal. He's playing really well, uh, you know, system-resistant, regardless if Fangio's around or not. So I wouldn't think it's a need that you have you have to shoehorn yourself into in round one. Obviously, it's maybe top three for sure. I don't think it's one that you have to, uh, under any circumstance, go out and target. So they have some flexibility, I think, in the first round. Uh, We'll say GMB in the house with a super chat. This is the second time I remember this handle dropping a super, so thank you. It's good to see you're still with us, that you're not suicided. That's true. That's true. Uh, Two ones and two twos is as high as I'd personally be okay with. I don't think you'd get him for less. Well, that's for that's um, maybe two ones and, and a, a two. I don't know. We'll see. I think New Orleans will go all in. Hopefully, he doesn't consider Carolina. No. They'd sell their no. souls for him. Probably true in that owner's pockets, man. Deep. I, I could see Deshaun Watson going to Carolina. I would love, though, as a football fan, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson 
I mean, what a what an offensive mind, and that's the type of win-now roster and environment that I think Wilson wants to be in. I mean, again, talking about upside, talking about floor, you don't know who the Broncos' next head coach is. So if the best you can do in the hiring cycle is Doug Peterson or Dan Quinn, even though he has familiarity with Quinn, you put him up against someone like Sean Payton. I, I think that's a no-brainer for what Wilson wants to do, which is win another title. And honestly, we'll, we'll come back to this. How much of a predilection does Russell Wilson really have for a guy who was a coordinator on the opposite side of the ball, right? right? This isn't the guy that coached him. And Lawrence, real quick, he says, Russell is good. I think Deshaun Watson is still better, though, and probably healthier. Yeah, but you've got all those question marks, man. you got all those unresolved issues that still kind of, you know, they're, uh, bl- they're blowing in the wind. All right. Um, Michael Ronquillo, it's good to see you, my friend. Thank you for being with us. Appreciate you. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Go Broncos from Tucson. Love that, dude. Love that. Not a geographic location. Broncos country is a state of being. Mill, 727 Mill, what's good? He says, they're still sticking with Teddy. Shake my head. Yeah, that was something Fangio, um, you know, got right out in front of Monday. When asked, hey, coach, you know, you just took a beating and your quarterback was as complicit as any single individual player in that loss, any chance you might consider making personnel changes on the offensive side? It's like, no, these are the players that we have, and so we're going to play the players that we have. It's like, Vic, that's not true. This isn't a roster comprised of 22 guys or, let's say, 25, right, with three specialists. You got 53 guys. You've got backups. You've got depth guys for a reason. And we're not talking, Zach, about replacing um, or benching Peyton Manning and trying to come up with a way to replace Peyton Manning-level production. We're talking about Teddy Bridgewater. And yet, to Vic Fangio, the notion of Teddy as quarterback is sacrosanct because he has, in fact, been compared by Vic to both Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Weird. Yeah, if only the Broncos had 22 Janos. Shout out Brock Olivo, Chad. <laughs> you know, but it's it, how is it surprising the guy who came out of the Chiefs game saying Teddy did good things against Kansas City in that loss? That's going to be the guy that's going to actually replace Teddy Bridgewater? No way in hell. That's his ride or die right there. He's going down with the ship like a good captain. It's like we've been telling you. The only way the quarterback position changes, there's two ways, injury or Vic gets fired. That's it. Uh, Mile High Kid One, that's a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome and thank you very much. Uh, Connect with us on Twitter. We'll stay in touch, shout you out. He says, I want Broncos to do it the right way and draft a young quarterback and get an offensive coordinator. You know, Zach, I have kind of pumped the brakes on everyone rushing to the, the cliff of this is just a horrendous quarterback class. You know, let's just go ahead and set our sights on 2023. There are There is going to be at least one gem at least one quarterback, Jim, that comes out of the 2022 quarterback class that ends up having some real success in the league. And so, hey, why not the Broncos, right? But you got to go through – remember the growing pains that you had to go through with Drew Locke in 2020? The ups, the downs, the inconsistencies, that on-the-job training, that on-the-job trial and error learning process. The true great quarterbacks can microwave that process, Zach, and get you through it a lot faster. But every quarterback must – do that dance even justin herbert last year phenomenal numbers did the team win no it did not that's the that's the chargers going through that process then so if you go with a quarterback my point here i'm a little long-winded zach is that if you go draft a quarterback next year cool just know the odds of you having success and playoff berths in 22 or 23 maybe 23 but 22 you might as well just completely say goodbye to that notion there's not always a correlation with quarterback success and team success. I mean, Deshaun Watson led the league in passing, and they went 4-12 and his last full season. So you never really know how it shakes out. Let me tell you who that up-and-coming uh, buzzed-about quarterback is going to be. That's Kenny Pickett. And I get a lot of Herbert vibes watching Kenny Pickett. I've heard some buzz. He can go in the top five now. I don't know if the Broncos are going to have a top five pick, so if they want him, they're going to have to move up. But I think this is the year that George Payton would do that. And if he has conviction, I say go out and get your man. I wish you well, and I hope you made the right choice. But that's the route I want to go as well. If you pair someone like Kenny Pickett with, you know, name your names here. Even a Doug Peterson sounds good with that because there's one uh, component of that relationship that has upside, if not the coach, the quarterback. So I'd be okay with that for sure. 
David Wilder, as we say hello and uh, and address. Oh, wait a minute. We got to get it right off the top. He says, I'm celebrating my birthday today. Congratulations, my friend, and happy birthday. Hope you are having a great one. And as you know, we're big fans of your profile pic, rocking the MHA shirt like a boss. His message here, Zach, is Russell Wilson is my choice next year if we don't go the draft route. Well, that's a decision you're going to have to make probably long before the draft for what it's worth, David, because you know, in terms of chronological order, you get the NFL free agency period, the, the beginning of the new league year, well before the NFL draft. Yeah, I, you know, I wish we can be celebrating your birthday with coming off a Broncos victory, but hopefully they can take down the Lions for you, Dave, if they can do that much and beat a team they're supposed to beat. But we appreciate you tuning in with us, even on your uh, birthday. We hope you're having a great day and having a great night as well. Thank you so much. Speaking of thank yous and gratitude, guys, we got to shout out our great Facebook super supporters, especially as it relates to our December contest. As you know, we have a goal to get to 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of December. When we reach that goal, we will raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And right now we're at 15% complete and we're well past 25% in the month. So as you can tell, guys, we're behind the eight ball. So if we are going to hit goal and actually raffle off a jersey, I'd love Zach to be able to do it before Christmas so someone kind of feels like they get a late Christmas present coming. Uh, But either way, we're behind the eight ball. And if you want to be in on that raffle, you got to have contributed to the goal. And Facebook makes it easy for us. All right, They keep track of who's contributing. Here's the list of the top guys who are going to have already the most tickets in the hat. The aviator himself, Shane Daniels, Andrew Lampy. Andrew Baker, the Andrews, two and three. Yvonne at four. Travis Weber at five. Stone Carranza, Zach, who's come on like a freaking hurricane in the last week or so. Love seeing it at six. Miguel at seven. Lawrence Rivera, eight. Pete Middleton, nine. Doug Raquel, 10. And then you can just see a few of the names outside the top 10. But as long as someone gets to 500 stars, they'll have at least one ticket. So everyone you can see so far is going to have a a ticket in the hat, at least one uh, FYI. So much love to you guys. We'll update the super chat rankings here a little bit later in the show, but much love to you guys. Um, Michaela, the Duchess jumping in, still waiting on that selfie, by the way, my friend, she says, I like Russ, always been a fan of his. The question is, how much does he have left? Well, Zach, on that topic of, you know, how much uh, gas was left in that tank, he's not doing himself a ton of favors because since he had that finger injury, what was it, week five, I want to say, you know, when he's been on the field, he hasn't been that typical, um, you know, bona fide playmaker. I mean, he's still Russell Wilson, but you got to also view through that lens, Zach, the fact that this Seattle Seahawks team is extremely deficient in talent. I mean, they – are really he's he's basically having to carry the whole franchise right now not getting much help from the coaching staff or his uh you know complimentary sides of the ball defense special teams that's not an excuse for him it is a little bit of a curiosity but i'm knowing what we know about russ all right he's been in the league this is his 10th season he's led the seahawks to the postseason eight of 10 years crazy dude crazy knowing what we know about him last year 4200 passing yards 40 touchdowns through the air. I'm willing to bet on this year being an outlier and more symptomatic, Zach, of him wanting out of Seattle than I am mm-hmm. about let's read into Russell Wilson, you know, the collapse has begun. Yeah, that first I was actually thinking about that the other day. It for sure could be that where he's purposely taking his foot off the pedal a little bit and holding something back because he wants to kind of force Seattle's hand and get out of Dodge as soon as possible. But I watch just a ridiculously stupid amount of football. I've watched the Seahawks games this year. And uh, when you earn an offense, you have D- DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, you have Gerald Everett, you have some decent running backs like Travis Homer and Chris Carson before he went down. It's not exactly like you're the Jets offense. You you have some there there. And he's not made the throws he made in recent years. He's not been as precise or as explosive as a passer. I think some of that is due to the, the injury. I think he came back too soon from that because maybe he wants to prove something, Uh, but he's not the same Russell Wilson, and he has to be if you're going to take on his contract, which no one talks about either, and surrender top-shelf compensation maybe in multiple years. That's a big ask for George Payton, and I don't know that Russell Wilson meets those qualifications. Indeed. Um, Tom El Greco, north of the 49th parallel, proving Broncos country is, in fact, a state of being. Appreciate you 
my friend. He says, if Locke was declared the starter in the beginning of the year with his confidence, what would our record be, guys? What do you think? Um, I think it honestly, just seeing the way this team has um, performed as a collective and the coaching snafus that we've seen time and time again, you'd probably be pretty close to where you are right now. Could even be a little bit worse. But at least you'd have an answer for sure on what you got in Drew, which the Broncos, you know, they're never going to know for sure if they botched it with Drew. Think about this. If Drew Locke gets traded or cut, or even if they wait one more year and let him play out his rookie deal as a backup, and he goes to San Francisco, he goes to New Orleans, he goes to a team with a competent, proven offensive mind there in town, already installed, and goes on to have even a modicum of success, Denver Broncos are going to look a fool. Now, is that um, am I am I predicting that to happen? Not necessarily, but I'm much more bullish on that um, if it if it shakes out that way. We'll see. I mean, his time in Denver might not be done, but as we told you, sig- the signal that the Broncos sent Zach when they made that decision it was a fateful one. You know, they were signifying, hey, despite all the time, the investment, the sacrifices we made on the Drew Lock front we're turning away from that to go for, to yeah. Teddy two yards. And in hindsight, you see why now. And when you see and you watch the Broncos games and Fangio's situational decisions to go for field goals or not go for field goals, he's playing for that type of quarterback. But you have to ask yourself, how many games has Teddy Bridgewater won on his own this year? I don't think many. I don't think or any. Honestly, if you look at that objectively, I don't think the Broncos have won one game this season solely because of Teddy Bridgewater. Not playing a subpar opponent, not getting Javante Williams going off for the defense holding an opponent to limited yards, limited points. I don't think Teddy has been the sole reason why they are what they are right now, which is 6-6. Six and six. Conversely, though, how many games would Drew Locke have lost the Broncos? And judging by his play, at least one. you got to be honest and objective with that. So to answer the question, I think they would be maybe around the same mark, yeah. But maybe one loss differential. Yeah, for for all that you leave on the table by going with Teddy, the one thing that uh, you can, for the most part, still kind of give to him is his conservative. I mean, what do we complain about night after night when the Broncos play? He's not pushing the ball. And even though he has thrown some picks, you know, and that four-game losing streak the Broncos went on, he was responsible for six turnovers over that stretch and two more against the Chiefs. I mean, it's not like he's some pristine, perfect guy with the football. Still, you wonder how much Drew Locke would have really shown growth in that department. But the early returns, at least in camp and preseason, were good. Joshua, thank you. Appreciate you. Can you imagine Russ with our receiving core and Javante Williams? I can. And I get really, really excited. Just to tack on to your point about Drew Locke, you know, the one thing I will give Teddy Bridgewater, and you guys can never accuse me of being biased or, you know, a Drew Locke stand again because I'm calling it like it is here. Teddy's pocket presence this year for the most part has been really good. He's gotten out of a lot of sacks, and he had that third down scramble where he looked like Lamar Jackson. Those would have been surefire sacks if it was Drew Locke. Because that's just been the, his MO, his lack of pocket presence, lack of pocket navigation. So I still think, you know, they would have been as competitive because of the other factors, but I, I don't think uh, there would have been much difference there. But again, any other quarterback, we've been saying this, chat since we've been podcasting together, doing this live or not doing it live. I've been saying it since I've been covering the Broncos. All they need is an above average to good quarterback. You don't necessarily need an all pro with the talent they have on this roster now more than ever. So yeah, I would take a 33-year-old Russell Wilson. I would take a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers because they're not Teddy Bridgewater. They're not Case Keenum. They're not Joe Flacco. And you put that with the running game, the receivers, the defense, that's a playoff team at least. Andrew, appreciate the love, my friend. Honestly, thank you. Uh, as we grab Mike here, Zach, to kind of piggyback off a couple of the things you said, that's one thing that I have admired about Teddy. It's kind of been refreshing to see because if you think back to all the quarterbacks that have started games for the, for the Broncos post Peyton, you could maybe throw Flacco into this because that's all he was, was a pocket statue guy. But it's been refreshing to see a quarterback that has a little bit of poise in the pocket that doesn't get yeah. spooked when the walls start closing in a little bit. And that was definitely one of the biggest drawbacks for Drew was as soon as the peripherals started getting darkened a little bit, right? Bah, like a deer in the headlights, 
And uh, what you see from Teddy in those moments is climbing the pocket and, uh, you know, hanging tough, trying to deliver the throw, even though that throw, Zach, is, you know, four yards and hope to hell your wide receiver can make somebody miss. If that. (laughs) Um, But the other thing is with Drew, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, what was the stat? It was either one or zero. When, when trailing at the half, he has no wins under his belt, none. I think it was zero. Or Fangio had one. I think Teddy has zero. I think it was 0-18 or something like that. It's crazy. And that's just mind-boggling. I mean, Drew Locke, for what we know, and then we'll grab Lawrence here, what we knew about Drew, and this is if he didn't take any steps forward in year three, right, was he's going to get that face palm play out of his system, hopefully earlier in the game, and then settle in. And now you know that, hey, he's not going to be perfect, but he's going to give you a chance more often than not. And we've seen him come back from the Chargers game, right, uh, last year, to even that first start that he had against the Chargers in 2019 where, you know, he got out to an early lead, Broncos defense botched it, and then he kind of drove him back. And in the fourth quarter, took a shot deep to Cortland Sutton, drew the P.I., kick a field goal, win the game. You know, those kind of moments, um, you just not does, – does Teddy have that wherewithal? Unfortunately, his resume, his track record says no. Lawrence says, Andrew Luck, would he come back? We've all got our Super Bowl winning quarterbacks from the Colts. Or what about uh, Gardner Minshew when um, oh Jalen gets back healthy? By the way, did you see that little clip of him and his old man outside, <laughs> outside the stadium? He looked like he was going to kill him. He was crazy. Oh, my gosh, dude. That was bizarre. But it was also cool to see, man, like just how giddy he was about. That was a big deal for Gardner Minshew because his yeah. the, the shine kind of wore off his star quite a bit, right? And then to come out like that after being cold for as long as he had and just throw down some big numbers. I mean, I was happy for the guy. He, he rubs me wrong a little, but I was happy for him. He beat the Jets. I mean, he didn't win the Super Bowl. I mean, he acted that way. And I never really understood the Gardner Minshew hype. If there's one quarterback I'm trading for in Philadelphia, it's Jalen Hurts. It's not Gardner Minshew. Uh, Cody Dub, appreciate that super chat. So consistent, Cody. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, throw Brett Rippon out. Uh, in the Lions game and see what he can do. Dude, I'd be open for anything at this stage because Teddy, the ceiling, I mean, you bumped it, man. You bumped it. Um, you're probably not breaking through it unless he suddenly goes through a mighty change of heart and completely abandons all of his quarterbacking philosophies, which it just ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, Chase says, thank you, Chase, by the way. Thoughts on Nevada quarterback Carson Strong? I like him. I like him quite a bit to be honest with you. And um, I'm very curious to see what the medicals say about his knee. If he ends up getting relatively positive, um, you know, doctors around the league signing off on his knee, I could see him as a first round pick. First of all, can you imagine Brett Rippon versus Jared Goff? You know, pound the under on that one. <laughs> Carson Strong, I'm with you on the medicals. I also think he might need a year kind of just to marinate and develop. I don't think he's exactly out of the box, day one ready. Matt Corral has the much higher floor. But, you know, again, if George Payton has his convictions, I trust his scouting to this point. He's built up the Broncos roster really well. He had a hell hell of a draft class this past year. Uh, whoever he likes in the draft, he wants to go out and get. I support that. Yeah, I'm going to trust it based on what I've seen, right, as a, as a draft artist. Kayaka, what's good? Legendary Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstar here at MHH. He says, Aloha fam, question, why isn't Stephen Weatherly being mentioned much? He's playing his butt off. Dude has a motor and some moves. I like what I've seen thus far, Has um, MHH for life. Hey, appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, he's been, um, I would say, a little bit, better than a try hard high motor cleanup guy. He's got the motor. That's I'm not saying that he doesn't. He has he he's been a little bit more than that. We've seen him win with some moves and produce pressures and sacks. You know, Malik Reed, hey, I I find ways to sh- to throw shade on him and I probably shouldn't because inexplicably here we are now Zach, 3 quarters of the way through the season. Guess who's leading the team in sacks again? <sighs> Malik frickin' Reed, but back to the point at hand, your thoughts on Steven Weatherly, why he's not getting as much uh, juice? I mean, because the Broncos linebacking core is being highlighted right now by Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper, they're getting, and deservedly so, but I mentioned Steven Weatherly as a guy that you might look to resign that kind of takes the pressure off of you so you don't have to go edge rusher in round one. I think he's playing really well. 
Didn't he come into the Broncos never having a sack in the NFL, mm-hmm. Chad? I mean, yeah. and he's actually playing pretty well considering those standards. And I think the Malik Reed leading the Broncos is more of an indictment on Denver's defense for not having another player step up and take hold of that. So uh, I would be all for Weatherly coming back. He won't break the bank, get him on a two-year contract. And that, if anything, at the bare minimum, you have great depth and a, and a good pinch starter. Maybe a guy that can offer you about, but maybe even a little bit better than like Jerry Attachu did for that year and a yes. half. The Broncos kept him around. Uh, Savage Boy Kev over on Twitch, shout out to our Twitchers, appreciate you, says, according to the contracts of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, do we really wait long term or are we ready now? Because they're only here for three more uh, seasons. Do we really wait uh, long term? I'm not sure what you mean, wait, Zach. I need your syntax interpretation here. Maybe context interpretation? I I guess he's saying that the Broncos are in win-now mode with the receivers, and do we wait to develop a quarterback or Mm. get one plug-and-play that you can win with day one? But where are Sutton and Patrick going? They're here for the long haul. They sign multi-year contracts, and you're not going to need to develop a quarterback for three years. If if you – Someone like Matt Corral, he has the highest floor, I think. He can come in and start right away and compete for a playoff spot right away. So I don't think you have to look at it through that prism. You have to ask yourself, is the immediate upside of a Wilson or a Rodgers worth or worth more than the long-term upside of a Corral, Willis, Pickett, etc.? But here's the thing with Wilson. And by the way, Michael, appreciate those huge stars, my friend. You to man. Much love. And to you as well, Lawrence. Throwing down, helping us get to goal. Shout out, shout out to you guys, legends. Um, on the topic of Russell Wilson, though, Zach, again, a big difference in terms of targeting. Do you go after Russ? Do you go after Aaron Rodgers? Russell Wilson, the way NFL quarterbacks are playing now, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger hit the wall pretty quick and precipitously, but Peyton Manning uh, becoming the the oldest quarterback to win a, a Super Bowl, that was then beat by Brady, but still, Quarterbacks are now trending well into their late 30s, perhaps early 40s. Aaron Rodgers looks pretty spry still. I could see him going another th- two, three, four years tops, maybe four tops. Russ, though, plausibly at 33, you could see a decade of Russell Wilson as a, as a you know tippity tops possibility at worst five years. And that factors in, Zach, to the value and the package that you're going to have to come up with to get him here. But it also factors into why you would even consider doing that because you would know as a GM in the league, as George Payton, Hey man, my team is going to be a factor for five years minimum because I've got Russ so long as he stays healthy. You also have to ask yourself and factor in the personality and individual factor who is better suited for Denver? Who would want to come to Denver if they're going to handpick their next destination? And that's why Russell Wilson, you guys can, crap on the Giants or the Bears, but they have bigger media markets for a, a type of person that he is. I don't think Rodgers wants that or needs that and doesn't isn't his fiance, girlfriend, whatever, from Colorado, lives in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's more of a Colorado type of guy. And you know what? I wrote an article about Rodgers. It's up at MHH.com right now. He's through 11 games, 28, 78 yards, 23 touchdowns, only four picks. The Packers are 9-3. and three. He's coming off an MVP season. The guy is still performing at the highest levels at 38 years old. So, uh, you know, people are love the Wilson factor, but if you look at the play and the production, Rodgers is dominating that right now. Most definitely. Most definitely. Russ is uh, probably arguably has quite a lot less to work with. I mean, one thing about Aaron Rodgers is offensively not many weapons. We That's been the big knock. That's been one of his complaints for a while now, but he's got a pretty bright offensive-minded young head coach and a, a defensive guy on the other side of the ball that takes care of business. Tony, what's going on? Hey, that's a newer name. Tony John Davis Wynn. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. How much do you think Peyton is prioritizing getting in a new offensive-minded head coach to develop a, a new young QB? And Zach, on that same topic, Travis Weber says, with the rumor of Wilson, his connection to Dan Quinn, I know we prefer offensive-minded, but what are your thoughts of the idea? So how does that factor in in your mind with the whole Russell Wilson thing? I agree with you. I mean, he wasn't his position coach. He wasn't his coordinator. He wasn't his head coach in Seattle. So how much 
familiarity and and uh, relationship could they really have? But if you look at what Dan Quinn's doing, he might be a guy where he's a better defensive coordinator than a head coach. But but right now in Dallas, he's turned that defense around, and they're winning right now largely because of him and his unit, not the the Cowboys' offense. I wouldn't want a defensive mind. I I guess I wouldn't hate Dan Quinn. I think he's. If you watch him, he has way more personality than Vic Fangio. The players, I think, respond to him better. The, the Broncos also have the personnel to run Quinn's defense. I still want an offensive mind. And if it comes to that, I'll take Peterson over Dan Quinn solely because of that any day. Well, one has a ring, too. The other one doesn't. And on the, that same... Tony one had Nick Foles. Yeah, <laughs> true. Tony, though, his, how much is Peyton actually prioritizing getting an offensive-minded head coach? It's hard to say. Because the rumors that we've heard up to this point, many of them have included defensive guys. And so I don't know if that's a GM or a front office, Zach, that's trying to put out, you know, smoke signals to throw opponents off the, off the trail type thing. Or if it's where there's smoke, there's fire. Only time's going to tell. But I hope to all that is holy that it's an offensive minded guy. Doesn't even need to be a young guy. Doug Peterson right. is not a young guy per se. But the dude knows offense, and he's a Andy Reid disciple. You know, he was uh, also springs from that whole Green Bay tree, dating all the way back to his time as a player and Brett Favre's best buddy. It also depends who these guys get as their nominal OCs, the nominal quarterback coaches. Let's say Peterson comes in. Who's going to be the the formal play caller there? Who's going to be the quarterback's coach? And so, Jay, real quick, before Kayaka, we get to his point, Jay Stylos, Stylos, Let's say you get Joe Brady as quarterbacks coach under Doug Peterson, not even coordinator. That could be a staff I can get around because you'd be mixing veteran experience and youthful up-and-coming talent. Joe Brady might not have cut it in Carolina with Sam Darnold and a broken-down Cam Newton, but when you assemble him as part of a staff that has something bigger in mind, good things can happen. It all depends on the staff they put together. And same thing, honestly, real quick, same thing would go for Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball, Greg Roman. It's who they surround themselves with, and it's the veteran mix of experience and up-and-coming potential. And do you give him a quarterback? Like, do you go out and yeah. get him their guy? It doesn't have to necessarily be a quarterback from the draft. I mean, I would guess that Brian Dayball, uh, Kellen Moore, they're all going to be pretty excited if you can land Russell Wilson. I think they can all yeah. live with that being their guy. Kayaka, though, Hey, appreciate you, bro, again. Russ, he says, would be a very good thing. He would also like to come to Denver. He has a built-in Colorado connection because he was drafted by the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people forget that he initially pursued baseball before kind of turning it and going, nah, football. Um, Right? NC State, then to Wisconsin. I'm trying to remember his whole track record. But either way, it's a it's a – tangential connection you know uh, nothing that he'd probably hang his hat on too much I don't know how much time did he spend did he ever come play in the minors on that after he was drafted I'd have to look into that Kayaka man I don't know you know my gut is telling me that Russell Wilson is hitting some sort of decline whether it's age or injury or the magic just ran out but if you trade for him or Rodgers for that matter any veteran quarterback you have to hope you go through that championship window while it's open. You have a year, maybe two years. You don't have a long-term future that long-term with someone like Wilson. So God be with them if they made that trade. Lando, don't call me Cal Rissian Lee in the house. Appreciate the stars. He says, hey, Chad, thanks for the shout-out. It's funny because my barber calls me Lando Cal Rissian. I appreciate you guys so much for helping me get through the night. Go Broncos. Very cool, man. Like I say, I think it's I think it's a rad name. I mean – if my wife would have agreed to Han Solo or Lando for the name of our son that was born in May, I would have been stoked. No lie. Doug Raquel, just showing some love. He says, great job. The fans appreciate you. Well, we appreciate yep. y'all. Trust on that. Uh, Swag Nash in the house. Good to see you, my friend. He says, to be honest, Vic is not the problem. It's Shermer and Teddy. Vic will be back next year with a Russell Wilson or Rogers and Drew as the backup. Man, good luck selling that to the fan base between end of season Black Monday, Zach, and <laughs> that triumph of saying, hey, guess what? We got this quarterback. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, I appreciate uh, your contribution, Swag. Yeah, I, I I don't agree with that, though. Vic is majorly a part of the problem. You talk about Shermer and Teddy. Who brought <laughs> Shermer and Teddy aboard? That would be Vic Fangio and certainly Pat Shermer. He fired Rich Scangarello. We all want an up-and-coming coordinator. You had one, had success, you fired him, then benched Scangarello's quarterback, all in favor of Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater. And that not only that, when you watch a game, when he doesn't know how to call a timeout, when he doesn't know how to challenge a play, when to do that. He looks lost on the sidelines. He never has the team up ready to play. No energy, no fire. He is absolutely not only part of the problem, but the biggest problem. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think Locke's coming back. They need a retool, a reboot, rebuild, whatever. They need to rebuild a little bit. Not only that, but I just loathe the play not to lose mentality. Yep. And and it really is a core. It might be a subconscious Freudian philosophy i mean there's a good chance here putting on my armchair psychologist hat vic doesn't even realize that he has a play not to lose uh, philosophy but it comes out in the wash that way impossible not to interpret it as such let's take a quick look at the rankings on super chat similar to facebook as you guys know this month in december we are going to raffle off a Denver Broncos jersey to the winner's choice, and those in the running for the jersey itself are only the top five finishers on Super Chat, and that is cumulative. Right now, number one, maintained his position, threw down earlier this week. The DWI guys, shout out to you, my friend across the pond. Michaela, the Duchess, right there in the top five at two. Naj at three. Casey Nickel. Uh, at four and Corey H tied with him at four. And then you can see just a few names outside Cody, Kayaka, Tom, Black Knight, just a few of these names. So much love to you guys. And we will continue to update that on the daily. Jaden Torres, Zach, appreciate you. I'd take Russ, he says. How many first round picks the last 10 years have truly panned out? Need to get the quarterback position down. Very, very true. But at the same time, Jaden, you got to look at the idea of how many non-first-round quarterbacks actually succeed in the league. It's just one of those necessary evils of the NFL. The odds of you hitting on a quarterback like the Cowboys did with Dak that was not a first-round pick, or even the Seahawks with Russ back in 12, these are the exceptions that prove the rule. These are the unicorns that come around you know, every two, three, four years. Meanwhile, the great unwashed of the NFL – they got to spend first round picks in hopes that they get their guy. And part of getting their guy isn't even necessarily always about, did you make the right decision on the, the prospect himself, Zach? But it also has to do with how the stars aligned. Was it the right coaching staff in place? Right. right? Did he have a supporting cast? Was he David Carr and he gets sacked a million times because you have no offensive line? You know, there's so many little things that play into that, but it's just one of those price to, to have, you want a chance at a franchise guy, that's a risk that you have to run spending first round picks to find out. Well, you talk about Jaden, the, the quarterbacks that haven't panned out, but how about the first round quarterbacks that have panned out? I mean, look at like, Lamar Jackson. You talk about Aaron Rodgers, first round pick, Josh Allen. I, I can go down to Sean Watson. I can keep going down the list. You got to swing for the fence until you find the guy. And I don't like the logic there. So the Broncos should never invest in a first round quarterback because quarterbacks in the past never worked out. No, you have to gotta you gotta find your guy. You have to have conviction in your scouting, what your eyes are telling you, what your gut is telling you, and your intuition. And so far, uh, Chad talked about it earlier. I I trust what George Payton can do with his eyes and his gut. I trust his scouting based on the way he's assembled the roster so far. So if he thinks uh, someone like Carson Strong or someone like Kenny Pickett in the draft has long term upside and they're a first round pick, you gotta pull the trigger on that. It's like Joaquin Phoenix in uh, Signs. Swing away, Merrill, right? You just got to swing. You don't just do it willy-nilly. You make the best educated swing that you can, but you got to swing unless you want to move mountains and give up a king's ransom to acquire the odd once-in-a-blue-moon franchise quarterback that gets made available on uh, a trade market. Jaden says, uh, I'm saying use the capital – for Russ, okay, gotcha, gotcha. We, I understand that now. You're saying instead of going out and drafting one, not knowing if it's going to work out, just, hey, here's a first-round pick or two, give us Russell Wilson. But the same, my point still applies, though, and the same logic, I think, is weak there. So you're not going to chance it. You're going to give away your first-round pick because quarterbacks in the past haven't worked out. No, I mean, that's your first-round pick, and those are like goal to Peyton, by the way. 
So he really has to be sold on Wilson or Aaron Rodgers to give away that precious cargo. But you know what? It comes down to, Jay, do you believe Russell Wilson is worth that haul? If you believe he's worth that, you got to think, all right, you put Russell Wilson in Denver. And Michaela, thank you so much for the super says, Chad, I'll take the selfie this weekend. Sorry for the delay. Much love. Okay, thank you. We'll put you on uh, Instagram and MHH social. It'll be rad. Um, I lost my train of thought, though. I'll come back to it. It'll come back. Stone says, with Peyton's ability to draft late and our current talent. Oh, I know. I was going to say, hold on, Stone. If you go and, and give up that, for, let's say, two firsts and a, and a two, just as kind of a baseline to get Russell Wilson. All right. For the next two years, does what Russell Wilson bring to the table for us, would that cover for not being able to draft that edge rusher in round one or that you know, off-ball linebacker at in round two or whatever. Can, can he elevate the people around him and the team overall to a point to cover those holes? Peyton Manning did that all the time. Peyton Manning turned, you know, sub-500 rosters into perennial playoff contenders by virtue of the quarterback that he was. And I think Russell Wilson is on that same level. Again, look at how many years he's been in the league. Look at how many times he's led the Seahawks to the postseason. Etc. Now, real quick, Zach Stone, being patient, says Peyton's ability to draft late and our current talent on the roster would not mind giving up a couple ones for the man, Russ. Go Broncos country. I mean, I was going to say to you, what you were saying, Chad, before we got to Stone there. It really depends on you and each individual opinion, whether the Broncos are a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. But ultimately, none of our opinions matter. It matters George Payton's opinion. That's it. If he thinks the Broncos are a veteran franchise quarterback away, he will pull that trigger. And it might not be my preference, and I might want the Broncos to go in a different direction, long-term, younger, more upside. But if he thinks Russ is that guy, if Rodgers is that guy, I'm supporting Payton's call. By the way, shout out to Big Earn. I see you in the chat. We see you. Appreciate you being with us. Speaking of legendary members of our community, Dennis Woods been with us a long time as a bona fide super chat superstar up in Michigan. He says, when can the teams start the trade negotiations for Russ? End of the season or when teams are out of contention? No, uh, end of season. But I, I can't remember now the exact um, – I think it's the new league year. Well, but remember, wasn't Joe Flacco traded long before the new league year? Hold on. Grab grab something, and I'm going to do a quick I, little piece of research here. Um, I'm trying to think. It's usually around the scouting combine, like negotiations kind of heat up, but they're always kind of back-channel, you know, underground kind of things, and then deals get put in place. So so here's the thing. Denver finalized a, <clears throat> pardon me, a trade for Joe Flacco, uh, let's see, in March. That was when it was finalized. That's when he could actually, all the teams could sign. So you can agree to trades in principle. That's what it is. But I don't think you can do it during the season after the trade deadline. So there's some window once the season ends, I think, Zach, and I'm not educated enough on this. I haven't studied it recently enough to be fully expert on it. But there is a window after football is done and before the new league year where teams can barter, but things just can't be you know, written in pen till the league year begins. Well, there's a legal tampering period, but that's more of a free agency type of thing. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be, again, back channel, under the table negotiations after the season and when Russ kind of gets his ducks in a row and figures figures out where he wants to go. But Shane Daniels is chiming in here. Appreciate you, Shane. Definite bona fide MHH superstar. I have no idea what to expect this Sunday versus the Lions. I just hope that at the end of the season, we rid of this being average mentality. And that starts with coaching. Yeah, I mean... When you don't have the will to win, when you don't know what you're doing on the sidelines, when you employ people who don't know what they're doing on the field, that doesn't set a good example and precedent for the whole organization. And right now, under Vic Fangio, they couldn't be further away from the Pat Bolin standard. Playing not to lose is not the Pat Bolin standard. It's the antithesis of that. Pat Bolin is looking at Vic Fangio in disgust right now from beyond. So yeah, I would love the Broncos to kind of clean house and get the stink out of Dove Valley, get some Febreze in there, get a deodorizer in there, and that will come with the new coaching staff. It's always exciting. I would want a younger guy, but as long as you have the mentality and still that in the players and show some emotion on the sidelines, get them riled up, hold them accountable, for God's sake, that's when the tide starts turning and you'll see some definite uh, positive results. 
name name this movie, okay? Maybe we should call ourselves the Febreze Brothers. Scott, you got, you got it? The other guys, man. Let's go. I didn't like that movie. Oh, I love freaking the other guys, dude. Hold on, Jeremy. Hold your horses one He's second. a little overrated, I feel like. Isn't that Mark hey, Wahlberg? Farrell or Wahlberg? Both. Which one's... <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm a huge. I'll agree with you on Wahlberg, but I won't go there with Will Ferrell. I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to read from you verbatim from the Adam Schefter report, February 13th, 2019, when the news on Flacco to Denver broke. So this was right after the Super Bowl. So I think it has to do with the season coming to an end. Quote: The Baltimore Ravens have an agreement in principle to trade former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. League sources told ESPN on Wednesday the trade cannot officially be processed till the new league year begins March 13th, and teams are prohibited from commenting on the deal or terms. When the deal's completed, it likely will be for a mid-round pick. So back to real quick, because it was bothering me with Dennis. All kinds <laughs> of signals get passed behind the scenes, right? Between yeah. players, agents, front offices, you know, that, that go on behind the curtain. I don't think deals can officially be agreed to in principle till the season itself is in the books, and that includes the Super Bowl, uh, for what it's worth. Did we have to relive that deal though? Can we figure <laughs> out? Can we figure out who that mid-round pick was that turned into so we can compare it to Joe Flacco? Because bad PTSD, man. Jeremy, appreciate you. Rippin is the Tim Patrick of the quarterback room. Hey, man, that's 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 pretty high praise, my dog. You laughed out of the room for mentioning his name as a starter until he got and. and until he gets on the field. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I feel you that I, I understand that that Broncos fans, I think, have an overinflated view of Brett Rippon because the one exposure they got to him as a starter, he won the game on the road, even though it was against the Jets. Remember there was the game where Sam Darnold rumbled 46 yards, punkin' uh, Kareem Jackson. Do, do we have to relive this Justin chat? Simmons? But, it, but either way, I, I digress here. Um, you, I got to remind you, Jeremy, ripping through three picks in yep. that game, one of which was a pick six. <laughs> Were it not by the grace of the football gods, he'd you'd be cursing his name right now if a few things didn't, you know, unfold favorably, including that late in the game Melvin Gordon rumble. If you or not was it Melvin? Yeah, it was Melvin Gordon rumble. Um, but I digress. Yeah, you took the low-hanging fruit there, the point I was going to make about the picks that he threw in that game. And Tim Patrick is one of the best sure-handed receivers in the NFL. To that, in that department, he does his job at an elite level. The the comparable comparison would be him catching the ball and fumbling. He doesn't, that's not Tim Patrick. So I wouldn't really compare the two. I think Tim Patrick is a much better NFL caliber starter at his job than Brett Rippon is, who's a career backup and I think future quarterbacks coach, honestly. I mean, can you say that he might be underrated, perhaps, but there just hasn't been enough sample size to even rate him, to be frank with you. Um, so anyway, let's uh, let's turn the page here to Cody, who says, Kyle Fuller gone, Ronald Darby likely, uh, likely find another PS2 in the draft. Yeah, Kyle Fuller definitely gone. What do you do with Bryce, though? Interesting article today from Nick Kendall, published uh, – basically reporting on something PFF had, which is they unveiled their top 75 free agents of 2022, right? Guys who are cruising for free agency, haven't been locked up yet by their respective teams. Broncos had four guys on that list. The top rated guy was Bryce Callahan. I want to say it was like 48, followed by Teddy at 52, and then uh, AJ and Josie at, I want to say 67, 68, something like that, all right? Um what do you do about Bryce Callahan? Because I know when he is on the field, Zach, he is one of the better nickel corners in the NFL. He offers that to you, but you just can't count on when he's going to, yeah. you know, be able to show up and, and um, you can rely on him. I call it the Derek Wolf complex, Chad. You know, when he's on the field, he's great, but he's so rarely on the field that it makes it a wash. I would offer him a prove-it deal, a one-year contract, pay him, I think, a little below market value. You want to take it, great. If not, go out and shop your wares on the open market. You just can't trust him to stay healthy. All three years now, he's had a foot problem or some sort of injury, and you can't invest in that, especially when you paid Ronald Darby what you paid him. You you used a first-round pick on Patrick Sertan, so I would say prove-it deal for Bryce Callahan. Hopefully he stays healthy, though. Um, let's grab Michael. And then I want to grab this Travis Weber on the Browning issue. Michael says uh, great show tonight, fellas. 
Go Broncos from Tucson. You demand. Thank you for your support. Very generous tonight, Michael. Much love. Uh, Weber says, with Baron Browning's strong showing, not so strong last week, though, by the way. He, he kind of had a rookie moment against a very complex, a lot of moving parts Chiefs offense. But does this possibly mean the Broncos say goodbye to Jewel or AJ with Browning playing well? Um, I think my whole opinion on this has been cha- has altered, Zach, since what, when AJ first went down, which was four weeks after Josie did. Four weeks? Four games, anyway. Um, I was like, you know what? If you're going to pick one of those two, you're probably going to go with with Alexander because he's, you know, when he's been on the field, he's or he's been more reliable to be on the field, A, and he's been a little bit more, I think, of a consistent overall player than Josie. Josie really showed some strides, but now my opinion has changed. I think that with the rise of Baron Browning and kind of the emergence of Kenny Young, who has been hot and cold, mostly hot, I think, but Kenny Young has not been some Al Wilson that a lot of uh, hype is kind of lending people to believe. I, I'm saying, you know what, what's working for the team? What's the energy and the juju right now that you want to kind of capture and continue? And so if these two keep balling out together and they continue to forge a chemistry and an understanding and it blossoms even further in these remaining five games, I'm saying don't resign either of those two guys and throw a few bucks at Kenny Young. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a big Kenny Young fan. I think the Broncos should make him an offer sooner than later so you don't have to pay market value for him. But in terms of AJ versus Josie Jewell, whoever is going to take the cheaper contract, I think is going to get the deal from Denver. You don't invest multi-year contracts for a two-dimensional player. They're good against the run. They're both pretty bad in pass coverage. Baron Browning is the future. Kenny Young is much better in pass coverage. Those are my preferences right there. Uh, in terms of t- And they're both, you have to also figure they're both Fangio guys. Jewel and uh, Alexander Johnson, and he's not going to be calling the plays next year, more than likely. So if they want just a pure run stuffer, I, I think maybe Jewel would come a little cheaper, but I think whoever is going to take less money is going to get the contract. Even even PFF projected him to be a tad cheaper than uh, AJ. Mike says, many fans, including myself, thought Peyton Manning was a bad choice because of his neck injury, and man, how wrong were we? Super Bowl 50 wrong. Russell's still young, probably our best choice tutor a rookie quarterback you know honestly my whole um posture on the Peyton Manning thing was first of all I really didn't believe the Broncos had a shot in hell to get him when it when it first became a thing and the topic of do you sell the farm to get him like do you just roll out the Brinks truck to to recruit him I had no problem with that because I just said look I know the four net the four in uh surgeries on his neck that whole thing I'm going to go ahead and trust the Broncos medical staff. If they think it's good enough, hey, who am I to question that because it's Peyton Manning? And I trusted more in the legend of Peyton, more in the wherewithal and the grit that Peyton had and the medical staff there. I didn't really question that myself. I don't know if you did, Zach. I know you weren't on the beat back then, but still. Well, I think you said it best there. It's Peyton Manning. And that can apply to every unicorn quarterback and unicorn scenario. And I don't think Russell Wilson is on Peyton Manning's level. You know, you can argue that Russell Wilson will be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer like Peyton Manning. He's not on the same level. So that was all a special set of circumstances. Him signing in Denver, him producing in Denver like he did post-neck surgery, and him winning his title and retiring, riding off in the sunset. That was all a a once-in-a-generation type deal. You can't hope to recreate lightning in a bottle with Russell Wilson solely because you did it with Peyton Manning. Yeah, guys, I think Zach's point is absolutely perfect, and so is Scott's here. Russ isn't going anywhere to be a tutor just because, you know, he's not. he's got plenty of uh, rows left to hoe in the league. But we're about out of time, guys. Um, any burning, last burning questions, topics, get them in. On Super Chat, uh, Justin says, and that's a newer name. I don't recognize Justin Large, so welcome, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter and stick around. He says, we're pretty much surviving at this point. Yeah. Uh, that's basically what it is. You're grinning and you're and you're bearing it, right? And you're only grinning because you're trying to fool your eyes, right? That whole study that took place, I remember this was a big deal um, when I was in high school, this study that showed that people who were depressed – if they forced themselves to smile, it tricked their brain into thinking they were happy. And over a long enough duration of time, their depression would evaporate. 
So that's what we're doing right now, right? With the Denver Broncos, we're smiling into the mirror, but our eyes are still set. Well, I need those like those hooks from horror movies that force people's mouths to turn <laughs> upward, Chad. If I want to smile while watching the Broncos, it's really hard with the product they're putting on the field. But yeah, you could say they're in purgatory right now. You can say they're in neutral right now. Until the end of the season, they can clean the coaching staff out, clean the quarterback room out, and rebuild the team in George Payton's vision. Nothing is going to really change until then. Zyka, good to see you, my friend. Long time Super Chat superstar. Been dropping some killer tweets that I've seen here and there. I've, I've gave him the old heart click, you know, when I see him. Kenny Pickett, says Zyka, might be the best quarterback name of all time, and dude looks like a stud in the games I've been able to watch. If no veteran, that's my vote early. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, uh, um, what's the word? Counterintuitive? No, it's not oxymoronic because Pickett, you don't want a quarterback throwing picks, right? But maybe I'm misinterpreting what he means by that. I think that's exactly what he means. It's a horrible last name to have, like, uh, Chris Blewett as a kicker. It's just <laughs> right, right, bad right, surnames, right. you know, bad choices there. Uh, Shane says, uh, just imagine Russ throwing to Timmy P, Sutton, JJ, uh, Jerry Judy, Hamler fan, Alberto, having Pookie pound the rock. That's talent uh, along the lines of the 2013 record-setting offense with the young talent on D and great cap space. Oh, man. Yeah, that's one thing to keep in mind is if you end up giving up your first two rounds of the draft for the next two years to get Russ Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, you know, you have still one of the richest teams cap space wise uh, in the league. I think there are only two teams with more cap space projected for 2022 than the Denver Broncos. So it's not like you would be thus devoid of any and all options to bolster the team, fill other holes and support these uh, that quarterback. $48 million in salary cap space projected right now for 2022. And that's with no other fat trimming, no other contract maneuvers. That's a ton of money. That means you can acquire a Rodgers or a Wilson and still go out and get a couple premier free agents. That's the position that George Payton has put the Broncos in. Dave from Georgia. Great to see you. Lots of legendary superstars checking in tonight. Love it. Appreciate you, Dave. Hope you've been well. It says maybe a first and a second and a conditional second or third later for Russ uh, would pique my interest, but I wouldn't want to give up multiple ones. Just my two cents set. I think two first round picks and two third round picks get this done. I, I, I have a feeling Seattle will take a little less than, you know, the hall that's being floated about three first round picks and multiple second round picks and players. I do think they can have a combination of third rounders, but even then you have to ask yourself, is that worth it for a short term window that you'd have with, with, with Russell Wilson? If George Payton thinks the answer is yes to that, Godspeed. Yeah. Uh, Cody Dub, about out of time, guys. we got a rapid fire. He says, we're literally two games from being in the top of the AFC West, three games from being number one in the AFC. If we had a Wilson or Rodgers, what's our record? Probably three losses, something like that. Maybe even better. I, I'll tell you this. You're not biting your fingernails on Sunday night football when the Broncos draw the Chiefs. Like you're, You know that you have more than a fighting chance at well, is it still the Broncos with those quarterbacks with Pat Shermer calling the plays? I mean, there's going to be a level of downturn because of that alone. But yeah, they'd, they'd have a better record right now, and they can go toe-to-toe with anyone. Just imagine the running game, the boost. I mean, not even just the passing game, the receivers that he can throw to. How much better it would make Javante Williams. If he's having almost 200 scrimmage yards in a primetime game with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback and Pat Shermer calling plays, can you imagine with an elite quarterback what the running game can do? It's amazing. Last one that we got to go, guys, from GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer. In Peyton, I trust. If he wants Russ, he'll make it work. But if he falls in love with the Rook, exactly, I can get behind that, Zach. Perfect way to end on. On that no note, time. you want to grab the rundown? I'll pull up Facebook. I absolutely do. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us tonight. This was the Huddle Up Podcast. We're back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailback episode, Thursday night podcast, previewing week 14. I can't believe it's week 14 already. It flies every single year, much to my chagrin. But follow us on Twitter until we see you guys tomorrow night at Huddle Up Pod. Follow the main account for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, projections, film breakdowns, and more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Right now, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a nice, comfortable hat. Get yourself a trucker hat. 
coffee cup like I was rocking all night tonight. A lot of goodies at that store, huddleuppod.com. If you haven't, go to facebook.com slash huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Three VIP shows at your fingertips right away if you do. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month worth every penny. I promise you on that. Facebook.com also slash pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, Go to Apple Podcasts right after the podcast and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. And seriously, guys, we have been really thrilled to see how many of you have flocked to Apple Pods to uh, give us the, the ratings. It helps us out tremendously helps to ensure that this show and all of the shows at MHH, because it's all under one feed, for lack of a better term, that it gets out to other Broncos fans like you, as Zach said, that are wandering the wilderness, completely oblivious that this community, that these shows are out here waiting for them. So shout out to these names right here. We got Keisho Gookie, Spider, Air Lunar. Appreciate that. But we also tip our cap and show appreciation to those who threw down stars tonight in support of the Huddle Up podcast. And look, it's a it's another newcomer at the top of the pile. And I want to say this is twice in the last few days that Stone has been right up there. So shout out to you, Lawrence Rivera, Michael Ronquillo, Doug, Shane, Joshua Mize. Hey, that's another newer name. Joshua, if we didn't get your comment or question, we'll make it up to you. Keep coming back, my friend. Keep staying active. Uh, Andrew Baker, David Wilder, Lando, don't call me Calrissian Lee, in the house. Mike Reno, the original owner, for what it's worth, of the Millennium Falcon. Mike Reno, Gary Leach Palmer, Jeremy Kusich, and George Fox. Appreciate you guys. As Zach said, we'll see you tomorrow. So we'll see what other rumors might get cranked out as we really get down the stretch this year. Yeah, have a great night, guys. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.